0: Hello, it's me, Colton, with some post-show edits as I'm putting together today's episode. Today's May 6, 2022, which marks the 20-year anniversary of Fall Out Boy's Take This to Your Grave, something we actually neglected to mention in today's episode, even though we totally made that connection 100%. The AP actually just put out an article yesterday about the anniversary album, and I think it captured something that I kind of had a hard time putting into words when this was recorded. And that's explaining to younger generations the massive impact that Fall Out Boy has had on the pop punk culture. It can be kind of a challenge. When the band was at the peak of their success, they were constantly pursued by paparazzi, recording with Jay-Z for some of their songs, filming music videos with Kim Kardashian. You know, they didn't just sneakily introduce the pop punk and emo scene into the mainstream. They went full out for it. And as fans of Fall Out Boy continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that debut album, Take This to Your Grave, it's impossible not to feel a wave of nostalgia when listening to some of the iconic tracks that made the band what it is today. One such track that stands out for myself personally is Saturday, a high-energy anthem that captured the spirit of pop punk and the emo scene at the time. Listening to Saturday now, two decades later, it's hard not to feel transported back in time. The lyrics, with their honest portrayal of teenage angst, still resonate with some of us who have grown up alongside the band. Even just the start of it, I'm good to go and I'm going nowhere fast, capture that feeling of being lost and uncertain, which I'm sure is a sentiment that many of us even as adults can relate to. I think that Saturday is the perfect portrayal of Fall Out Boy's sound of the time. The driving guitars, Patrick Stump's distinctive vocals, they all come together to create that song that is both catchy and meaningful. So it's no wonder Saturday has become such a beloved track for so many fans over the years. In many ways, Saturday is that time capsule that brings us back to a specific moment in pop culture history. It's a reminder of a time when pop punk and the emo scene was exploding and Fall Out Boy was at the forefront of that movement. And as we continue to revisit the history of the band that helped shape our youth, I think "Take This to Your Grave" will always hold a special place in our hearts. So, with that being said, let's jump into the episode. I fucking hate looking at knees. Looking at you, <laughs> <laughs> just um, a couple of pasty knees. Have you seen Have you seen the episode of Always Sunny where? Um, Mac and Dennis are like making a dating profile for Charlie. Oh, I've seen clips of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, what are some of your interests? Magnets. <laughs> and then and then they ask, okay, well, we're just gonna put snowboarding. But they're like, what What are some of your dis- dislikes? And he's like, people's knees. So <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I get that. I get that. I don't. I don't like looking at knees. It's just weird. Uh, speaking of like shows that, um,
1: uh, I mean like I late to the party on or whatever because mm-hmm. i i haven't even finished watching it's always sunny but uh we started watching ted lasso oh
0: fantastic so show. good man i mean we're
1: we're like halfway through the first season jen oh, and i it's one of my favorite shows it's um, So
0: good yeah it's incredible so yeah, far man it's just it's such feel good yeah happy
1: like real issues but like n- not not like happy in like a corny way like happy in like a legitimate at the end of the episode like I feel great no, right it's now. like really
0: good writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You feel happy. Yeah, no, the the whole thing is, is so well done. Yeah,
1: big fan of Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And uh, like uh, people have been telling me for years now, like mm-hmm. not just like, oh, yeah, like you're going to love that show. Like I've had people say like you, like you specifically will love this show. And it, I've always been like, oh, fucking, yeah, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love this show. Yeah.
0: Everybody was right about yeah.
1: it. It's good.
0: <laughs> it's good. All right. Welcome back. Yeah, we're back we're live back. in person. I'm in here. Per- yeah. I appreciate you taking over last episode and yeah, having Joe, which ugh, when I watched it and listened to it, I was so sad that you could to be not a of- be a part of that yeah. conversation. You and Joe would get along so well, I think. Oh man, he was just such a gem and had such good stories to to share. And yeah, like if if one of us dies, <laughs> he absolutely is the contender for first co-runner yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> all right uh you heard of here first uh if i don't uh show up anymore it's because i died and you will start seeing more of joe on like the podcast.
0: likewise <laughs> just in case right it's, you know saying <laughs> anything can happen um but no he brought he had some really good insights some good points into it and it's nice to get somebody who's actually in the mix in the scene into um to the road there so again thank you joe thank you chief state for uh for having that and uh being a part of the conversation so yeah and we
1: we will i think in the future i've been talking with joe about this a little bit uh offline uh like try to get some some of the other guys from chief state Mm -hmm. on um i would love to get fraser on their lead singer and and i was thinking as well like that'd be a, a cool way for us as a show to sort of be able to get back to our roots a little bit in terms of having a live performance incorporated yeah. in the show somehow mm-hmm. like we did like on the og episode when you were on and stuff yeah and dom think, and chris were there i
0: think it's something we could absolutely set up i think yeah be cool
1: totally and and also to everybody who thinks that like that's what the the biggest feedback that i got from jen uh after that episode came out was mm-hmm. she was like man joe is so high energy like absolutely so excitable like yeah. that kind of thing if you think that guy's got energy on a podcast, mm-hmm. go see a Chief State show. Because yeah, because that guy is just like he said it on there. Like he can he can jam and bounce around in like a one by one little mm-hmm. cube kind of thing. Man, this guy on stage is so the whole band is is just such an entertaining band to see live. So yeah. go see them if you get an opportunity. And I don't have the date in front of me, but uh, he did preview one of their shows that's coming up. Yes, uh, with a handful of a uh, handful of really good sounding bands in the
0: in the early parts of summer here so mm-hmm. get your tickets, which we definitely need to Day. go to and um he, yeah i mean even you brought up some things from the concert that we went to you know for when they opened up for um the wonder years the wonder years yeah. and uh you know the, the somebody's saying we're from vancouver and I was like, <laughs> you're not i forgot about that I, was, I
1: haven't stopped thinking about that that's so great yeah so uh, yeah, shout out to Joe. Shout out to Chief State. That was uh, that was a really fun interview to do. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well because yeah. so I haven't I haven't had a chance to we haven't talked in person no, in like a month. It's been a while. Yeah, um, I've been gone. And so I mean obviously like nobody needs to hear me like rehash my opinion because me and Joe talked about this on the last episode but what have you thought about all the Blink stuff Tom being back at Coachella? Like have you been seeing the videos? Uh, yeah, the I did see
0: some it? of the videos. I mean, I, I never really like watching live performances like on youtube or whatever just because mm-hmm. like i mean you get to see it which is cool but you're just you're not there for it yeah i feel like it's a different experience when you're watching something online yeah versus actually being there but from what i did see i, co- I saw a, supp- a couple of uh, uh songs that they did and it was cool to see and like yeah i mean your your take on tom's voice changing and and stuff like that the evolution of that i mean you've also got a band like these guys were around 20 years ago yes like, you're gonna change in oh, yeah. 20 years for sure but no, it was it was cool to see. You know, obviously being a Frank Ocean fan and the follow up that happened oh, from that, yeah. it was awesome to see Big W for Blink fans for them to come back to that. But also because it was like Skrillex and other people who actually ended up closing out the show that yeah. that second one. I saw a couple of the Skrillex performance there, and I listened to dubstep a little bit at the yeah. time when it was like at its peak and popular. Yeah, um, but it was cool to see like the whole place went fucking wild when he played bang rang yeah and um i was like that's a good way to close out a concert especially just from how fucking abysmal frank's performance was yeah holy shit i'm so
1: glad you brought that up because i've been meaning to ask you about this so Mm -hmm. i i want to hear a like uh your version of like the rundown (laughs) of i mean there's not really like multiple versions but i want to hear what the rundown of events were uh from what you know Mm -hmm. because from what i saw like I'm not a, I'm not a huge Frank Ocean guy like you are. You mm-hmm. were like in the past. Uh, um, obviously, he doesn't really do a ton of music in, in present day. But mm-hmm. from what I see and from what I've understood, he had a set that he was playing at Coachella. He came out like without a microphone, essentially like lip synced to all of his songs. Didn't actually like perform anything aside from just like kind of lip syncing and dancing on stage. And then the set got cut early, and he went, and he walked off stage. Can so, you confirm or
0: deny this? So some of it, yeah. Did he lip sync stuff? Yes, he he did perform live. Okay. Uh, a, a good chunk of songs too. But what had happened was, is that obviously a lot of the performances get live streamed on Coachella's, you know, YouTube page. Yeah. Frank said no live stream. Yeah. So it, basically the whole thing was just a full diva move. Yeah. Very obvious that he just didn't want to be there for whatever reason. But yeah. the reason, so... Um, I was watching the live stream through somebody's Instagram live and
1: you were watching a live stream of the live stream.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, or no, it was just a live stream of the performance through Instagram live. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Cause I was on the Frank ocean subreddit and people were like, this per- this person's streaming it. This person has a good quality stream. People yeah. were like <laughs> ranking the people that had different, like, Some of the fans that he has, man, it's crazy, like ranking all the live streams for Coachella, who's got the best angle and everything. (laughs) Um, But he started an hour and a half late. Yeah. Because the original set was supposed to be like a, a skating rink, figure skaters that had practiced, choreographed. And so last minute, as well as canceling the live stream, he said no more ice rink. So he's just like I don't want to do it. Just shut that part down. Yeah. So then you got a lot of frustration from the people who are choreograph, you know, doing the dances and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And then so that's why he was late because the set builders were taking apart the ice rink. Had yeah. Had to melt the ice, move it all, to, you know, move it all out. Yeah. So that was a big bummer. You know why that was late as well. Um. No new music. No coming out with a new album. He's like, you know no new album coming out not to say that there's new songs or that there's not one but right now there's not and it's just like you know it was just a disappointing set list and disappointing you know tracks like some of what he performed was cool like there was some new kind of takes on some songs that he had that were cool but at the end of the day it was just a cluster like he blamed like you know, he had a sprained ankle or something or like a broken, I don't know, something broken. That, so not a lot of accountability. Not a lot of accountability, no apologies, anything like that. And it was tough to see. And like people got really, really mad. And like even I'm just like, man, like clearly this dude doesn't give a shit about yeah. fans, about music anymore. So it's difficult to uh, to to see that. And then, you know, I'm finding myself like skipping Frank tracks now. You know? Yeah, just like, I, that was going to be my. just my leaves, mind. leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. You know, it's like, man
1: that was gonna be my next question was like i don't know how much this does or doesn't affect uh how you listen to or look at frank ocean but would you in present day say you're a frank ocean fan
0: still yeah for older stuff but i mean right yeah i am but like i'm not as big like i'm not if there's anything new that's coming out i don't think i would be as into it as i would be po- uh, prior to yeah. Coachella yeah and
1: and that's i mean tell me if i'm wrong here but it sounds like that's less because of the quality or or the music itself and more because of the person who frank ocean has turned into yeah
0: exactly and like the diva shit that he's like pulled for some other things it's just like man there's there's only so much hype you can have about you know being a good artist and and all these different things but it's tough when you compare him to Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Because they were in like, I don't know if it was a rap group, but like Odd Future was a big thing in like, you know, 2012. Some yeah. of the songs that they put out, Frank was part of Odd Future. So when you look at kind of the the differences between where Tyler the Creator's gone versus Frank Ocean. Yeah. Like Tyler's just leagues above caring about fans, performing, yeah. you know, the, the quality of his music has just like been so good. And then, you know, Frank's put out one album, two albums. You know in the last little bit and then just done nothing since that, just yeah, it's just it's it's sad to see. So, anyway, it was a big W for uh, Coachella fans for having Blink, uh, or for Blink, yeah, big W for Blink fans for having them kind of come out again and, and close it off. So, it's yeah. cool.
1: I think, uh, to, to sum that all up, it to me, it, it comes down to the simplest thing in the world is just being a decent human being. Yeah. Which is not at all a hard thing to yeah. do. Like it's the bare minimum you could possibly do. Just do that. And you know what? Like, because even right there, like there's nothing wrong with the quality of music that Frank Ocean is, is putting mm-hmm. out kind of thing. Yeah. But it's hard to support someone who is actively kind of being a
0: piece of shit. Being a dick. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, very
1: hard to to back something like that consistently. Exactly. Or to
0: defend it for that matter. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's very easy to not be a dick. Mm-hmm. It's the that's bare it. minimum. Yeah, exactly. Bare minimum. So, anyway, that's um,
1: that. Uh, I listened to recently, like speaking of like bands coming back and stuff like that, um, I, I don't even remember how I came across this, but I, I read about this interview and then I went and listened to it because it was in this podcast. This podcast called Tuna on Toast with Stryker. <laughs> and uh, this guy, his name's Ted Stryker. He's formerly of the the radio station K-Rock. Um, and I guess he has this podcast now called Tuna on Toast. mm mm-hmm. um, and he had this interview with uh, Derek Weebly of of Sum Forty One. Yep. Um, talking about, um, it, it was a really good interview because he uh, he was talking about like the origin story of Sum Forty One, where they came from, how they became up big, and stuff like that. And and the the thing, like the headline that I read, I don't remember where I saw this, but it the the headline was like, um, the album does this look infected? It's this is a quote from Derek. He's mm-hmm. saying, "Does this look infected?" Was the most Uh, What was the word he used? Torturous album Hmm. for him to have to record or for him to have to write. That's what it was. Um, And I strongly recommend everyone go and listen to this. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast. I found it really quickly. Like I said, it's called Tuna on on Toast with Striker. And it was a super interesting listen for anybody that's a fan of Sum 41 or was just a fan in the scene from back in that time hearing it because does this look infected i don't know if you how many like memories you have of that album or how how strong of a memory you have of that album but that was one of my more repeated albums when i was growing up i Mm. remember that came out i think when i was in like grade five or it might have been grade four Mm -hmm. and i remember just bumping the hell that was like the first like somewhat heavy album that Mm -hmm. i ever kind of listened to Mm -hmm. um and to hear, I mean, I don't want to give too much of it away, but to hear the background story of some stuff like in the industry and and how that was such, in his words, like a torturous album for him to have to record mm-hmm. was a wild story to listen to. So, yeah, I just wanted to fit that in. If anybody has the opportunity to go and listen to this, like I said, the podcast is called Tuna on Toast with Striker. Um, it's one of the latest ones, so strongly recommend. It's, it's really cool. good quality too. Yeah, recommend.
0: yeah, let's do it
1: sounds good um should we wrap things up before we get into the bulk here with uh what we've been listening to
0: updates what we've been listening to yeah, yeah like you, i said it's
1: been it's been like a month or so since <laughs> i asked i've gotten to ask you that question so do you have anything off the top of your head what you've been listening to
0: um i mean hold on get out of here uh new <laughs> pop-ups and stuff i don't know nothing new in terms of like pop punk yeah that i've been dabbling in um yeah, I don't know. I can't remember like when these new kind of things came into my mind, but I've been playing a lot more guitar lately. So oh, cool. How find- your fingers? Ah, uh, good getting the calluses getting yeah. a little, little hard <laughs> which is good um so i've been listening to a lot of like more guitar type music i guess yeah. uh the avid brothers have been playing okay. a couple songs love them yeah. they're yeah. good we love the avid um and then i came across i saw this this girl cover like a song i was like a, she's like this is a good song i like the cover it was like a really good song and i'd never heard of this guy before his name's nick drake okay and two first names yeah i know right Um, but this is an album from like the seventies, like this guy from the seventies. So I'd never heard of this album before. It's called pink moon 72. This came out. The song's called place to be. And it's like a really, really good song. It's cool, cool artwork and stuff. So, um, that one I eventually want to try to play and cover, but yeah, it's got a lot of, a lot of listens, which is super popular, which i feel like, I don't know why I haven't heard of that before. But anyway, um, so that was cool. Yeah. Not really a lot of new content that I've been in kind of listing in terms of music yeah. um but uh, yeah i just like i me and ben started running a little bit so i'm finding like good like running like high bpm yeah tunes to to run to so that's that's pretty much it but very cool unfortunately not a lot of new like content or music that has just kind of jumped out and be like ooh, this one's good yeah catching your attention yeah i got gotcha. you but last podcast you did talk about the guy that i told you to listen to and
1: and i've been jamming his yeah. stuff oh my god medium build yeah i'm so i'm I'm so glad your only description of that was that there's a lot of passion in his mm-hmm. vocals because holy shit yeah what right? a good i'm so glad that was so vague mm. but as soon as you listen to one of his songs you're like oh there it
0: is yeah love that yeah yeah no so. it's huge uh yeah i really i really enjoyed that and um and then you also finished the the podcast hunting warhead oh my god and it's gotten
1: me into this. I'm on this true crime kick yeah. on for looking for podcasts specifically. Mm-hmm. And I found a few of them. I talked about one last episode that was called like Evil by Design or something yep. like that. Uh, I, and I found a couple. There's there's one called The Orgasm Cult that I listen to. Okay. Where there's also actually a documentary about it on Netflix oh. um, called Orgasm Inc. Yeah. Which is kind of about this like sex cult that was going on. Unreal. Listen if you just want to listen to the podcast. Unreal mm-hmm. documentary because I did watch both, um and yeah, that hunting warhead one, which was just like blew my mind. With I know, every right? Passing episode, it was incredible. Yep, incredible in like a in the worst way. In terms yeah, of just story. scary. The yeah, just wild stuff. Yeah. Um, in terms of songs, uh, I've I uh, maybe I have sent I sent this to you. I, I don't remember if I did or not. I've sent it. I sent it to a bunch of people because I can't stop listening to it. It's very much in the vein or like a similar vibe to death cab mm-hmm. but it's this band called pine grove oh i fucking love pine grove the album specifically is called Eleven Eleven.
0: yeah uh, oh
1: yeah the whole album is unbelievable yep. this, this whole album the the first song that caught my attention it came up on on my discovery weekly mm-hmm. um the, the song was called alaska okay yeah such a good song yeah um i was just like i think i sent that song to a couple people and then uh, my friend gabby i brought her up on the podcast a uh, handful of times here mm-hmm. she was like she texted me later and was like yeah this other song called respirate on the song on the album on that same album is mm-hmm. also really good and i was like oh yeah you idiot why wouldn't you have listened to the so rest the of the album? album so i listened yeah. to the rest of the album super good but oh, yeah. that song respite or uh respirate mm-hmm. uh, hopefully i'm saying that right i'm a huge idiot if i didn't but that's uh first of all really good song Mm -hmm. just in general i think that's the first song that i've heard since the pandemic that has a line openly talking about covid oh it like the line is like when corona hit i was already feeling pretty out of it Mm -hmm. and i was like I don't There, I hum that line mm. daily since I heard it like I I don't know why it's it's such a weird thought for me to hear a present day band talk about
0: the the, the largest event that happened in yeah, the world basically yeah. that we
1: just finished living through yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. you know what I mean it's like like I've seen there's been there have been a few shows that are set in present day where COVID kind of gets brought up the mm-hmm. pandemic like it's sort of I hear, you know, I
0: hear references lockdown
1: exactly and and every time it gets brought up like in 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 shows and movies and stuff i'm like i don't really like we just lived through this i don't want to but there's something about this line in this song that i'm like it's just like hits hits different i loved it
0: i think it's respirate yeah i think you're right yeah but um the (laughs) album that has come out a little bit before that cardinal yeah Old friends is probably one of my favorite songs from them, and it's off that album. Cardinal okay. is that more modern than this? No, it's uh, Cardinal came out in two thousand sixteen. Oh, okay. I've got the vinyl of eleven eleven, and it's cool. It's like really a different colors. Yeah. yeah, I'll show oh, it to you after. This is the
1: the vinyl is a different color than what like yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at here. The green. And yeah,
0: well, that the 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 album cover looks like that the colored it's a different color than i see life, I think very cool it's either green i think it's actually red it's like a very bright red okay vinyl it's very sweet. cool okay i'm gonna listen to that cardinal
1: album on my, on my drive home yeah music. no
0: that is such a good band i love pine grove yeah very cool love that And um, sorry you mentioned death Cab. Yeah. they're playing in the, at, at the commodore in a couple really of death yeah. Cab is yeah and tickets are 183 fucking yeah, dollars yeah right Fuck Ticketmaster, dude. 183? I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. That's I miss going to concerts. Out, I want to go see bands. Like, there's a bunch of good lineups. Like, M83 is playing at the Commodore. Yeah. Um, I want to go see a couple other bands. Like, like, Death Cab. And I think there was another. Like, do you know who Harry Mack is? No. He's like a rapper that does, like, off the top freestyle. That's just, okay. like, incredible. So, I want to go see him. He's playing at the Commodore, right? Tickets can't be that expensive. No, they're, like, minimum 100 bucks.
1: I think. It's so funny.
0: Fucking dumb
1: i went and saw death cab i want to say in like 2009 or 2008 mm-hmm. at it might have been at the pacific coliseum i want to say those tickets at the coliseum which is bigger yeah. than, than the commodore mm-hmm. i want to say those tickets were like 80 to 90 dollars yeah which i would be more than happy yeah a, to a commodore pay for show that. much like the vogue like mm-hmm. we've talked about should be 60 dollars. Mm-hmm. that's how much those tickets should be yeah Fuck you, Ticketmaster. Fuck you, Ticketmaster.
0: (laughs) I'm fucking tired of it, man. I want to go see concerts, but I just can't. Can't justify it.
1: Can't shell out that money anymore. Nope. Sucks. Uh, What do you think? Should we get into the bulk
0: here? Absolutely. All right. uh, Take the reins there, brother. Speaking of going back to your roots, (laughs) we're going to take a deep dive on Fallout Boy. Yes. Yeah. So, um, history, impact, and... I mean, I would say one of the most influential bands of 2000s specifically, mm-hmm. just because of what what they have. Um, also, I've got show notes for this. I don't know if there is anything like you want to jump in with, you know, your own take for whatever.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in here and there,
0: but, but go for Sweet. it. Sweet. Um, so from starting out in the Chicago punk scene uh, to, of course, their hits that have just rocked the 2000s, Sugar We're Going Down, Thanks for the Memories. Uh, they've had a very profound impact on music, the industry as a whole. Um, so whether we're all diehard fans or, you know, uh, just curious about the band, I think uh, we can go a deep dive into, into who these guys are and why they've become so popular. So, I mean, for me personally, like I hadn't listened to a lot of Fallout Boy since, uh, like Foley Adieu, um. You know, that's kind of the last time I started listening to them. Or that's kind of the like last, like, I was more into Follow Boy was yeah. after that album. Kind of tapered off with some of the other, um, you know, with some of their other albums. And, you know, that goes to a conversation that we had before about, like, the evolution of these bands and pop punk. Yeah. punk and I was like just going to
1: say, because that's sort of when they started to veer away from... Mm-hmm. Um, like the pop punk or punk rock scene and started to go more towards like the radio friendly pop kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And cause like for anybody who's obviously heard, take this to your grave, the first, uh, not really their first, but like a good, I mean, they had an EP before studio album, take this to your grave, mm-hmm. clear that they were just pop punk through, through and through, which yeah. I still think is a great, great album. But I mean, when a band is able to evolve into how big they are, like, it's very clear that it's, not just their pop-punk band, they're just all a bunch of really talented musicians. Yeah. That's just plain and simple that they're able able to do that. And that's why, you know, a lot of them have like, you know, you get the accused of selling out to change your sound. And, you know, to some extent that's probably true because you're getting a lot of money. Yeah, totally. To <laughs> shell out a couple different albums. You know, you're talking with execs and reps that say, you know, the people want this, this is what's popular. So, um, but again, where those roots started of course are, are, are important but where they've come to now right they've overcome so much um controversy and where they've started to where they are now and it still makes them a really good band and even just to going back to their early years when they started to what we look at today i think it's just a cool uh evolution that this band has had compared to maybe some of the other kind of popular bands that were sitting beside them you know yeah. in terms of um popularity in, in terms of some of these bands i think more people would recognize fallout boy than they would maybe like yellow card right yeah and they were that's 100 percent. yeah yeah so what,
1: what is you mentioned a controversy there is there a specific fallout boy controversy
0: that well i think mainly more just like the hiatus and some oh the other things i see that okay. they did and yeah so i'll talk about that sure as well coming up but um so they were formed in 2001 fallout boy Nobody knows that early yeah holy formed shit. in 2001 and um so before fallout boy the bass uh bass guitar player pete wentz used to be in a metal core band called uh arma angelus um along with um one of the guys from rise against what yeah so they were in a band there so they also play yeah a couple other you know played in different bands and then um um, in the early years, Fallout Boy was part of that punk scene in Chicago. Uh, they performed several times at different festivals, uh, and, in different kind of areas here where other, you know, punk rockers started their music cal- career. So they played in the same kind of venue where Rise Against played, Alkaline Trio, and a couple other bands. So early on these, these reminiscent, reminiscent about these gigs, there's a book that like pete wentz has a quote from mm-hmm. and he says the fireside bowl holds the warmest memories of my entire life it was a sanctuary and it served its purpose entirely so cool uh just one place that they had you know where they started playing and and being that is kind of the what happened there so um patrick stump yeah came to follow boy just a, a um within that time when they were trying out for different you know things uh Musicians, that's the word I'm looking for, and um, he didn't know he could sing. Whoa,
1: okay. I need to just pause for a second because
0: that is a theme
1: that I've heard so much with bands and singers specifically within this genre and all the branches of this genre, like whether it's punk, Mm post-hardcore, whatever it is, where... The singer sort of falls into the sing into the to the role of singing because there's nobody else that's kind of there to do it. So they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll do it." And then yeah. they turn out to, I mean, either a be a really talented singer or mm-hmm. they learn as they go and they become a really talented singer. Yeah, it's, it's really funny to me that Patrick Stump at the time like didn't know he could sing because I would say within the genre, mm-hmm. I would hold him up as one of the better vocalists. Oh in general not just Absolutely. like not just like a, a good pop punk vocalist like he's a really just, good vocalist yeah that just also is in a pop punk band
0: yeah so he pl- uh tried out for um two open positions or he actually st- he au- auditioned with the drums so he started with drums because he did play drums in other bands before wow. but he auditioned for different like open positions for singer and guitarist so then um yeah so it was it was cool to, to see that, but uh, he's like, Yeah, they picked him for, for singing for that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, they, when they formed, this is before being called Up Boy, they didn't know what to call themselves. Mm-hmm. So, they just had no idea what to call them themselves, right? So, their second show played in 2001 after they formed, obviously, they shouted out to a crowd and asked, What should our band name be? what yeah so somebody shouted to the crowd uh, shouted back uh follow boy the sidekick of actually this is actually a a reference to the simpsons okay that's where follow boy comes from i didn't know that yeah so in the simpsons in the show um one of the characters or i guess this is like uh is a sidekick of a superhero called radioactive man
1: yeah I so, remember that.
0: yeah so his sidekick is radioactive man and fallout boy what yeah yeah
1: oh my god i haven't watched the simpsons in like since i was a little kid yeah. so it would be i wonder wow i wonder how quickly i would have picked up on that if i had watched it
0: well that there. and yeah i know and that's the thing like you know um they claim that they didn't know that it was originally from that, and to yeah. be fair, that's such a small niche reference yeah. that like nobody's going to be able to pick up on that. Yeah. But it's still pretty cool that, that that's how it's uh, it's it's done. But I mean, Fallout Boy in the Simpsons obviously referencing to radioactive, like Fallout is one word. Yeah, but Fallout Boy it, it made three it words. three words into that. So I mean, was so
1: there. I guess there probably hasn't been any lawsuit, has there?
0: No. Very no. interesting. Yeah. Wow i mean maybe that's why they made it fall out boy maybe just to avoid that i don't know um but cool cool to see so after that they made a debut mini lp even before take this to your grave i'm wondering if you know the name of that ep very early on in september 2007 it was it's called fallout boys evening out with your girlfriend Oh, so they had the weird long names oh, right yeah. from the start. Yeah, and that's one of the <laughs> things, too, is that their producers or their, like, record companies hated the long names. Why? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They just were not a big fan of them. And just because I guess it they were so jarring and not naming the type of song, like, actually what it's called. Yeah. Right. But I think those are one of the more iconic, those those, those uh, are the ones you remember yeah like, right uh, a little that? less 16 candles a little more touch me right yeah what's that uh our lawyers made us change the name of this song because so we won't else. get sued or yeah.
1: something the, the what's that <laughs> other one the pros and cons of breathing or something yeah, like that something like, like that what are these names man? yeah that's so funny
0: yeah it's cool um so where, where's my notes here so um yeah so that that first ep that they had recorded on a very low budget rush schedule everything like that so i mean they're trying to put something out there as quickly as they they can so it eventually sold over one hundred twenty seven thousand copies uh this was by 2008 though finally they sold all of this but um no it's cool to see so um and one of the cool things is that when they you know when they started when they were touring um they made sure that all of the like everybody in the band got all the splits they split the money equally very cool which you know is important to to do especially if you know you are a lead front man or whatever yeah you know some people might recognize you more but that's that lead singer syndrome
1: mm -hmm. that uh, the people fall victim to too often
0: yeah it's a crazy thing to to i mean experience that and i don't know all of the, all, it's probably pretty easy to fall victim to.
1: totally it is all of a sudden like you got people carrying your gear for you plus like in general you don't have as much gear yeah you're the guy that's getting or the person that's getting recognized the quickest you're usually in the front of the photo shoots kind yeah, of thing you like, are very easy to it's fall it's all into all just that
0: big dopamine kick that you're getting each each time and you're gonna do whatever you can to keep in that keep getting that so yep, that's probably but it why. comes
1: back to like we talked about with frank ocean the bare minimum yeah just be <laughs> a good person
0: exactly you'd think um so another fact kind of going through is that uh patrick stump has synesthesia what is that do you know what that is i don't okay you just ask a question makes <laughs> sense <laughs> um so syn- synesthesia okay go on <laughs> is a uh it's basically a condition that it's not like a sickness or anything but it's basically you you almost mix up your uh senses so like if i were to say or the word tuesday yeah what color do you think of when i talk about the word tuesday blue yeah so like simple things like that like or when you hear a name you just get like a bitter taste like a you know taste like whatever so like some of those things are obviously there's different um you know categories of what it could fall into but you know i feel like i kind of have a little bit of that especially just like listening to sounds like for me like songs have specific colors um, very interesting so uh, that's just kind of how i see it as well like and and a lot of these things you know there's a lot of studies that have been actually not a lot of studies that have been done on synesthesia but one that i was reading before this was like some of these um of what they refer to, like what they think it means that it changes over time. So mm-hmm. like something could be blue before now it's, you know, this. Um, but obviously some have extreme cases of it, some have less. But, you know, he's one of them that has synesthesia. But um, it's actually a common thing amongst singers, songwriters, artists to have a little bit of synesthesia. So um, Billy Joel, Pharrell Williams, Jeffrey Rush, um, even Vincent van Gogh had little bit of synesthesia there interesting this is the first i've ever heard of that yeah it's like where you can like yeah you just see yeah it's just basically senses getting mixed up like um seeing colors like when you hear or talk about certain things Mm. or just seeing like shapes like sometimes like the music to me like gives out certain shapes or whatever yeah it's simple things but uh it's pretty interesting which is like the and there's another uh not really syndrome but something that it's the complete opposite of that which is called aphantasia okay Have you heard of that no so it's the complete opposite is that where you just don't have a mental picture in your head like if i told you to close your eyes think of an apple like where is that apple is it on a table what color is it yeah all these different things like some people can't form that mental picture in their head which is pretty interesting Wow. That, like, that
1: reminds me of that how like there's some people that don't have that like inner monologue in their in their head. There's some people that just don't have that I'll believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah, right? It's such, an, it. such a crazy thing to even fathom at, Like as yeah. long as you have it. But yeah. apparently there's some people that just
0: don't. I don't believe it. What do you do when you're sitting? <laughs> what do you do when you're sitting in a room and there's, just, there's nothing going on? What are you thinking about? You can't be thinking about nothing. Who's to say? I don't know. There's some dumb people out there, maybe.
1: They just don't <laughs> think about anything, but... You heard it here first. Whatever this thing is called is directly related to how <laughs> smart or stupid you are. You heard it here first from Colton. Oh
0: man, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just rifing off some like uh, some cool facts, you know that that have happened throughout the years. Um, so after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, yeah, um, you know everybody's doing what they can to get help and what they what they're trying to do. So. Um, blood drives they were trying to push awareness to getting blood for you know to, to help out so in a pu- publicity stunt to raise awareness uh the band gave away posters signed with ink that had the blood of all four members in what which, the yeah hell? so there were 45 prints in total that made um Ew. were all made with individual individually with images based on their album infinity on high um, so, uh, Pete Wentz said that they did this as a tribute to kiss who, uh, actually did this in 1997, um, where they partnered with Marvel to produce a, a comic book printed in the band's blood as some as the, Ew. yeah, right. And I mean, <laughs> bodily fluids, that's actually, yeah, that's not a brand new thing that they've done, <laughs> which we'll talk about later on. Um, the song bang the doldrums yeah. on infinity on high was almost on the Shrek soundtrack
1: <laughs> what yeah
0: what? <laughs> yeah so they wrote that song for the Shrek soundtrack but it was ultimately rejected um, so they just
1: used it as a regular song
0: yeah I, I can't I, I don't know how much changes they made from when they pitched it to them versus what it ended up to be on the album yeah um, But they first, we wrote, uh, they said that they wrote, you know, it for 2004, 2005 for for Shrek. Um, You know, they saw the rendering for it being in there. They looked at it. Then they went back to the studio and said, they asked us for that, but they don't know that's what they want. We should give them what we think they want and then they're like you can imagine how well that went so it didn't go over too well um so they didn't like the song uh but they yeah they liked it enough to put it on infinity on high so um who did do you have down there in your notes who that quote is from um, da, 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 pete wentz
1: i knew it was gonna be pete <laughs> wentz i've heard so i don't have any way of confirming this yeah it's just from what i've heard is that pete wentz is kind of the brains behind Fall Out Boy. No disrespect to anybody else in the band, but Mm -hmm. in terms of the direction that they've gone in, apparently Pete Wentz is somewhat of a marketing genius. Yeah. Um, And he, again, like I don't know, have any way of confirming this, but apparently he was the one that pushed them in the direction of veering away from the punk rock, pop Mm. punk stuff to get into the pop scene. And then in present day has been the guy that, has said all right guys like let's go back to our roots here and put out put out a pop
0: punk album right okay. oh interesting that's so cool that doesn't really shock me that that's a pete Wentz yeah that right. makes sense i mean you need smart people in i said like at the end of the day the band is a business yeah and if you're don't kind of have any much of that expertise or you rely on other people to make those calls for you and you're not sticking true to what you want to do then no, that's cool so um so, yeah, that's interesting with the Shrek thing. But so second album from Under the Cork Tree comes out. And man, that's the big man. One. That's the big one. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one that most people kind of resonate with, come out with. I'm going to open up the track list here. Just Everybody's like. got all of, so many memories, probably in like middle elementary school, high school, early high school, just tied to some sort of Fallout Boy song oh from goodness. specifically that album or even the whole ass album itself. Yeah. Um. Like, when I I had a band when I was in grade seven. I was in a band with a couple youngins, (laughs) And, um, you know, we were covering Follow Boy all the time. And just, like, Sugar, we're going down. That song to this day still slaps. It's still good. Absolutely
1: Uh, holds up. I have memories of being in School of Rock in grade 11. And, like... I mean, all the instruments are always set up. The drum set is always on the stage. You just have to go get guitars real quick. But Mm -hmm. obviously, there's only a handful of people in the class that were drummers. Anybody that wasn't a drummer, myself included... Would always start the, the class by going on and playing dance <laughs> yeah. dance, the intro drums to <laughs> dance dance. And then the, somebody, it would it progress to somebody <laughs> grabbing the bass and doing the bass line yeah, real quick. This is so and
0: easy then to cover.
1: All of a sudden, these people that you're not in a band with, you're all jamming dance dance. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that was in, so when did that, what year did this album come out? This was in. 2005 when i was in school of rock with the first year there was like 2011 and we were yeah. still like that was the go-to song that we would always start the class yep with.
0: absolutely yeah um i've got a dark alley and a bad idea that says you should shut your mouth like <laughs> some of these things are so great um i, lo- I love this one champagne for my real pen for uh, champagne for my real friends real pain for my sham friends <laughs> I love, I love that title track. It's just so good. Um, but yeah, man, just so many memories with this album, like physical CD copies of it, um, going to see them live, all these different things. Some I think, cool
1: music videos too that went yeah, along with these songs.
0: Yeah, I think that is just kind of the peak of like, they, I feel like, yeah, that they were just everywhere at that time. Yeah. Just everybody was just talking about, you know, playing that and, and everything there. So, yeah, just cool to see how that just massive, massive hit played everywhere. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a really important album in, in their career into where we are now. Um, this is kind of jumping a little bit times and stuff like that. But um, they wanted to have a world record of most continents played in so they tried to play a show in antarctica and oh so they didn't succeed did not succeed oh. I, don't, I don't know what happened but they just weren't able they were not able to play on all seven continents. i was gonna say so that's got to be the
1: one continent that doesn't get played on yeah
0: yeah damn but patrick and pete have ended up achieving a world record uh, this was in 2008 before releasing Foley Adieu, um, where it was the world record for uh, most interviews in 10 hours.
1: Oh. Yeah. Do you have the number there? So,
0: um, the two musicians took over the radio at Premier Studios in Los Angeles for Halloween beginning at 3 a.m. in the morning. They took part in interviews with radio DJs that were all about 8 to 20 minutes each and only took brief breaks to eat snacks or go to the bathroom. So after 10 hours, uh, they had beat the previous record of 57 interviews conducted, but decided to keep from going as long as possible. They completed 74 interviews in 24 hours. Oh
1: my God.
0: Yeah. Earning a spot in in the Guinness Book of World Records
1: that oh my god i there's no way that that could ever be done from the perspective of the person conducting the interview there's nobody some there's no way anybody could conduct even close to that amount of interviews in a day and the only reason i'm saying that is i mean i guess it could as if it's a well they're the ones who are answering questions exactly that's the thing like if you're being interviewed yeah for sure not to take anything away from this weird world record Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do any prep there. You're just, especially when you're the band, you're a popular yeah. band at the time. Like you're just firing off the hip. If you're the one and like asking the questions, like you have to have prep done. Yeah, you have to be able to carry this energy. For I mean, the person being interviewed has to as well. But that's crazy shit, man. Interviews yeah. are are tough in general. To do anything close to that many is
0: totally holy shit. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, after that many interviews, you must get asked the same fucking questions. Totally. Probably get so tired of answering. Your brain has
1: to be mush at the end of that. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Like, yeah, I can't even imagine. That's funny. I freaking speak for a living, but even that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, brutal, 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 brutal. But anyway, um, so, you know, we talked about the From Under the Cork Tree just so many good memories with that. We got infinity on high. We talked a little bit about those albums, I think previously in some of our other past episodes. So, I mean, not much needs to be said just about the cultural impact that they have and had had with that. Um, But their hiatus in 2009 was something that, you know, where they decided to kind of shift to more solo projects and, um, Pete Wentz partnered with you know Baby REXA. No, that's just like another artist. I don't really listen to her much. Okay, uh, they had an electronic group called Black Guards or Black Cards rather. Um, and then some of the other uh, band members, Andy and Joe, uh, started a hard rock group called The Damn Things. And then Patrick tried to do some of his own solo stuff.
1: So I remember, I remember the Patrick Stump solo era.
0: I I feel like. I feel like that was something we missed in some of our other podcasts we were talking about. Did we talk about... We were talking about like... Um, we talked about side projects. Side projects, We've right. We never talked
1: about like solo things or mm, whatever. I mean, I guess yeah. they, in a way, can go hand in hand. But that, I mean, that could be an interesting deep dive in and of itself. Like yeah. People that have gone and tried to do their own thing.
0: I never got in... I never actually listened to any of the solo projects that Patrick did. Did you? Uh, li- little bits. Like I remember
1: his solo era, um, but this was around the time where um, I mean, yes, they're doing their solo thing. Yes, they're on hiatus, but um, even like leading up to that, there was a a little bit of a change in fall Out boy and it, it, the change led to what they ended up becoming, which was more of, like I said before, like radio friendly, more pop focused kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which uh, in, while in present day, I'm way more open to that kind of a change back then. Like, if you weren't playing heavy guitars that had the crunch sound effect and had like a drum beat, get out of my face! Yeah, like, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, at that
0: time in my life, mm-hmm. totally. And that's you know that's fair. And I think that is why when he tried to go solo, like the what he was trying to put forward just wasn't meshing with what that current, you know, music kind of tastes were blending to. So yeah. in, do you know what actually brought back the band together? No, I don't. It was patrick stump writing a blog post really yep self-titled blog post 2012 uh blog post titled we Like you better fat confessions of a pariah <laughs> and uh so in it he describes how he felt like a failure because his solo career had not taken off like he was he had hoped um you know and the one of the heartbreaking things that he put in there of the confessions is that some fans were not quiet about their dislike of his solo work made you know brutal remarks Said we liked you better when you were fat yeah and he had so put of course so much effort into losing i think it was like 60 pounds that he lost and getting in better shape which is such a huge accomplishment but like yeah just brutal comments to to do that so once pete uh once pete read the post uh he reached out to patrick saying i know what you need you need your band and then they reunited follow boy and released their next album, Save Rock and Roll, in 2013 from that. And so. That is
1: when I was in, I was completely checked out of Follow Boy. Yeah.
0: This was the era where I didn't,
1: not, I mean, it's not like I was actively being like, man, fuck Follow Boy, yeah, kind of thing, but it got, I remember hearing that their song, like Save Rock, or whatever the sing, the first single was, I forget mm-hmm. what the title was off the top of my head, but I remember thinking like, yeah, uh, this is. It, it was the same kind of kind of vibe as like when Tom DeLonge in Angels and Airwaves was like, "We're gonna make the best rock album that's ever graced right. the earth," and everyone's like,
0: uh, "Will you though? Like, let's <laughs> yeah. like chill
1: out a little bit here." And then just in general, I in back to like Fall Out Boy, like I just generally didn't really like the direction they were going in. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was actively being like "fuck Fall Out Boy." I just. I kind of like nothing to them. Yeah, like, was I was just, just like... Didn't, was... I, they didn't take up any real estate in my brain at that point.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was a long hiatus, 2008 to 2013. Yeah. Quite a while. So, I mean, it, it's cool to see kind of their back. But I mean, yeah, you look at some of the past, you know, to, to where they are now. Huge, huge difference. But, I mean, so much now that so much for Stardust, their newest album. Um, I, I I think some of it's really good. Like Love from the Other Side, I the kind of... The, the single that they put out in the first track on the album, I think, is, is pretty good. Um, so I enjoyed listening to that. But I mean, kind of just wrapping up a little bit here, we know that since that early 2000s, right, we know that they've helped shaped Sound of Emo, pop punk, punk rock influences on. And we know that they've got countless influences on different bands and artists throughout that. So they got catchy hooks. They got relatable lyrics. They got that punk energy, that pop that's that's in there, Um but you know that subculture in two thousands, even going back, because that's that's what I you know remember the most and refer to the most. Yeah, was just even just like the 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 classic like fashion of like that early to mid two thousands like skinny jeans, yeah, eyeliner. <laughs> um <laughs> stripes checkerboard everything yeah huge huge influence to that so i mean and and all these graphic tees i have so much graphic tees yeah man blue this. notes baby oh blue notes, blue notes all baby. the time i right, i always buy my jeans from paxon from the u.s <laughs> okay, is paxon still a thing great question i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> it's, anyway but uh yeah no it, it's cool i think it's their willingness to experiment and involved is why they've been so relevant for, for as reason. long as they have um so i mean to kind of cap it off uh we know that their legacy is a testament to the power of music to connect people and uh inspire them to be themselves do you have
1: just while we're wrapping up here yeah. do you have like a final thought in terms of like if i if i just say to you fall up boy like mm-hmm. what what is the overarching image or like what's the, what's the thing that stands out to you whether it's a song whether it's like a picture, whether it's a, a, uh, one of their performances or, or like what it, what is it about Fall Out Boy that stands out mm-hmm. to you like the most, one thing?
0: I think it's the it was the feeling off from under the cork tree of just like listening to the tunes and just getting like so amped up and excited yeah. and just like the, the music was so cool and the, the lyrics were fun and just like it's the experience of listening to that album like no matter where I was, what yeah. I was doing. I pull out that old iPod Nano, right? <laughs> Swipe over, scroll over to Follow <laughs> Boy to tick, 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 click on it, and then and then uh, and then pop open uh, pop open the the album. I think it was cool, and then yeah, and the physical copies of the CDs and like opening up a CD and like seeing what's inside the little, little mini poster you get inside there, right? All those things are cool. But one thing to kind of end off of is one of their newest things that they've done. Um, is that they've made their newest album, So Much for Stardust, available on vinyl uh, with 50 copies infused with the band's tears. What? Yeah. How do you... What? Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, they sold out instantly. Um, Do you know what they call it? No, what? Crinal. Oh, my (laughs) God. But yeah, every crino release is filled with actual oh, tears Lord. from the artist. Yeah, so they gather the tears, dilute them into uh, some sort of optimized solution, and then seal them in each record uh, using some pr- proprietary cr- cr- crino seal technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's good. I mean, like they're they're their the website blurb says music is more than just sound waves it's passion struggle and emotion that's why we've developed this new kind of record one that contains the artist's actual tears when you listen to a crinal release you're not just listening to what the artist played you're feeling what they felt
1: (laughs) what the
0: hell yeah (laughs) that's so stupid Uh, oh man it's funny but uh (laughs) yeah it's interesting i i'll fucking guarantee that was pete wentz's idea (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the uh, the Pop Punk Power Hour. The first one in uh, in a few live in person. Yeah, so it feels good to be back in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, we're back on a regular schedule here of uh, of being back in person. So looking Hell forward yeah. to it. Hell yeah. Bro. And uh, again, as per usual, hit us up on the socials. Follow us on TikTok. Uh, you've been doing an unreal job of, of posting a bunch of the reels from the Joe episode up on on the instagrams and stuff yeah. like that so if you want to get caught up on any of that um you know hit us up i think we have one of those linktree account or linktree things so you can find everywhere you can find us through one click whether that's discord or any of the other social media so make sure you keep your eyes peeled on that yeah, and yeah. uh join the conversation we're uh yeah easy listening
0: that's you thanks for watching or listening whatever you want to do yeah. Yeah. i don't want to yeah. tell you what, to do. what do you feel like we'll cool. uh,
1: we'll see you next time I guess.
0: I everybody <laughs>